did was Lane Maxwell and Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein uh, conspired to commit sexual assault against minors. And the pedophile alt sex ring that, <laughs> wow, has a lot of powerful people involved in it. That's uh, a subplot. And now could evidence emerge through this trial? Or could witnesses come forth that could bring down some powerful people? Hey, if they were involved in something funny, some funny business with, with underage children, let, let's take them out. Let's put them in prison. Uh, you know, one person I forgot to mention yesterday because his name didn't come up in court, at least not what I read, was uh, Bill Gates. Supposedly his name has come up, but I didn't read it in, in what I was reading. But I know he, when he got outed, he was in, in the log book of the Lolita Express when the flight logs became public. And he told his wife, well, I'm such a spineless, nerdy, pencil-neck geek. Uh, it made me feel more manly to hang out with somebody like Jeffrey Epstein. Wow. That's a legend. His wife divorced him. And he's got a lot of money. <laughs> The big thing that came up to me are uh, the the increased amount of fentanyl coming across the southern border. Then we have uh, the Juicy Smollett trial, or Jesse Smollett, however you want to say it. Uh, and then the Hill newspaper reporting about the uh, Supreme Court's upcoming decision on abortion. So, getting all that jazz, I'll light up a cigar. This is Big John. This is the American Way. Find me on Twitter, Rum or Twitter, Gab and Getter at the real underscore Big John. yet 
is uh, at all. It broke. It's been broken, breaking, bricking, bricking and fracking. Uh, Jack Dorsey stepped down as the CEO of Twitter. Uh, he, okay. So he started, he started, founded uh, the company Square, you know, that little square that everybody used to plug into their cell phones and uh, you could take payments on the go if you were a small entrepreneur. Uh, and then he co-founded Twitter and he's been in and out as CEO of Twitter. Now he's stepped down. They got a new CEO, and the new the thing about Twitter it was supposed to be um, like a place for public discourse, and it really wasn't going anywhere until Donald Trump got on there, and it was like, holy crap, what is what is this madman saying? And this was before he was president, uh, <laughs> and so. When Trump got kicked off of Twitter, it went down again. And Dorsey and hold on, I have to. <laughs> I'm we're back here. Okay. So this new CEO of Twitter, he thinks that there should be free speech, but what they have to moderate is who is doing the speaking. Now, when I was a youngin, my whole life, and I still believe this, anybody can say anything they want to, and it's okay to offend people. You have to be tougher than the people that are offending you. Now, I'm wishy-washy, I'm a big baby, I complain, but I also don't want to be in jail for knocking somebody's teeth out. So I will admit I'm a person that gets uh, my feelings hurt, but that's what comes with being a nice person. On the other hand, there are these people that have taken it too far, and if you offend uh, one supposedly... Uh, extra sensitive group of people you have to be silenced uh, with Donald Trump it was you know agging on the idea that the election was stolen uh, allegedly even though he stood there and said peacefully protest uh, some agent provocateurs got out there and stirred up people and caused a riot at the Capitol. Nonetheless, Trump got kicked off Twitter for it. This new guy, I can't I can't remember his name and I can't pronounce it anyways, but he thinks that speech should be free and open, but we have to moderate who's doing the speaking. Look back through your history. That sounds really familiar. 
So, Christopher Cuomo. I don't know why I just used that accent, but <laughs> Chris Fredo Cuomo uh, is suspended from CNN for using company resources to dig up dirt on the women who accused Governor, former Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexual assault and or sexual harassment. There are some women accused him of one and or the other, and some women accused him of both. And now he's in a heap and helping of legal troubles for that. Chris Cuomo was using CNN's uh, resources to dig up dirt on these women, and he is now suspended. And he has also been accused of either harassment or assault. Uh, he grabbed the behind of a female co-worker at an office party in front of her brother, or in front of her husband, pardon me. Now, why the husband didn't knock this clown out? Maybe the husband was uh, not a man of great stature. I don't know. Uh, stature, the right word? Wasn't, maybe he wasn't a very big guy. Chris Cuomo, he's, he's a decent-sized fella. You know, but anyways, uh, supposedly at an office Christmas party, Chris grabbed this woman's behind, and now she's, uh, that's another thing that's on top of Chris Cuomo using CNN resources to dig up dirt on his brother Andrew's accusers. And the, the thing of this is, there's, the thing that some of us that follow the news and don't not CNN because that's not news that's op-ed. The thing is, Andrew Cuomo put tens of thousands of people. It was about fifteen thousand died in the state of New York when there were multiple hospitals that Trump set up for. COVID patients in and around the city and state of New York. They made a policy to put COVID patients in nursing homes, knowing people in nursing homes were the most vulnerable. And to further this conspiracy, the was it Attorney General or head of the health department in New York took their elderly relative out of a nursing home a few weeks or days before this policy took effect. But Chris Cuomo didn't go down for com uh, was it complicity to murder or, or, or you know some kind of wrongful death. He didn't get arrested or anything for that. It was and groping and sexually assaulting and sexually harassing women is wrong, but murder is just as bad. Putting uh, people with a highly transmittable disease that uh, 
that kills senior citizens in a nursing home with senior citizens is just as bad or worse. Moving all right along, footloose and fancy free, <laughs> change.org. It is a place for, or is it move on? No, I think it's change.org. Uh, yeah, change.org has a petition up from, quote, we, the students of Arizona State University, refuse to welcome a murderer onto our campus. ASU students are trying to get Kyle Rittenhouse banned kicked out of their university on the grounds that he is an, a, an acquitted murderer. He was found not guilty, but this is what I talked about all through the trial. Has Kyle Rittenhouse been proven guilty in the public eye due to the media even after he was proven not guilty? If you watch the videos for yourself, and this is another thing that Twitter's new CEO is trying to, or has put a stop to. Alright, we'll get to that in a minute. If you watch the videos of that night, you see Kyle Rittenhouse being chased. And people who watch the videos for themselves change their minds. People that watched CNN, PMSNBC, and all these other uh, op-ed news channels, uh, they all think you know he was running around it like a, a mass shooter, and they, a lot of them think he murdered black people. He killed he killed three white people in self-defense or two white people and injured a third white person in self-defense. Pardon me. Uh, now, look. This is what the media does. They don't report this. these are the facts. They give you a, a minute detail or fact and then they throw their opinion in there. So you're, you think you're watching the news but you're listening to an opinion, an editorial. That's what op-ed means when I say op-ed. And last little tidbitty here. Uh, Nia Jax, former WWE wrestler, wrestler, and cousin of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, has said she'll probably never wrestle again. She posted on Twitter that she's changing uh, her handle back to her real name. And somebody tweeted at her, uh, maybe you can be called the, the, uh, the opponent crippler if you ever wrestle again. And she went on to say uh, that her wrestling again would be highly unlikely uh, and really because nobody would want to hire her uh, she had no 
wrestling skills, no wrestling ability. Uh, she, she just like I, is you know morbidly obese. Uh, now there's a girl in WWE in wrestling right now that is also very overweight. Goes by the nickname Dewdrop. But Dewdrop can move in the ring. She's very agile and athletic for a big person. And uh, she can wrestle. She can, you know, put on a, a believable match. Nia Jax could not do that. So there's a difference. I'm not just picking on somebody because they're overweight. I'm picking on somebody because they legit hurt other people. And the art to wrestling is making it look like you're hurting somebody while you're not. You get it? Got it. Good. Get it. Let me take a quickie broke here and uh, get into a couple more things that I have found very, very interesting. I can get the technological to... I'm like over here obsessing over looking for one piece of paper when I've got plenty more things to worry about. So, Vice News is reporting there is more fentanyl coming across our southern border than ever before. And it has actually surpassed the amount of heroin that comes across the border for the first time in history. Uh, fentanyl is a, a highly lethal drug and it's usually uh, cut up or mixed with other forms of drugs they put it in with everything from you know uh, heroin to cocaine marijuana that's why you always buy your own don't buy your weed rolled don't be that lazy <laughs> roll it yourself so you know what's in the joint. Um, Mexico City. Fentanyl seizures at the United States-Mexico border uh, more than doubled in 2021. Well, gee whiz, shit fire. Ain't we been complaining about a border crisis all year? This is what people are complaining about. This is what Donald Trump meant when he said... I'm sure there are some very good people coming across the southern border, but there are also rapists and murderers and drug dealers coming across our southern border. That's what he actually said. He did not say all Mexicans are rapists and murderers. Anyhow, so, but the experts say, oh, COVID-19 border shutdown may explain the record numbers 
because it gave agents more time to inspect uh, fewer vehicles. Well, another side to this problem is you have agents being pulled from the border to process the paperwork of the illegal aliens Biden is just letting across the border willy-nilly. And this is what's going on, okay? U.S. Customs Border Protection statistics show that 10,586 pounds of fentanyl and 4,969 pounds of heroin were seized at the U.S. southern border during the 2021 fiscal year. The total, the total for fentanyl was more than double the same amount for the same period in 2021. It was slightly lower for heroin. So we have a crisis at our border. No matter how which way you want to cut it up, look at it, think of it, there is a crisis going on down there. And it's a, a human crisis, a drug crisis, and it should not be. You know, the Trump policies of the border did not start in the year 2020. They started in 2017. And there were, there are plenty of videos out there of people saying that we came to the southern border for the simple fact that we knew the border policies were more laxed. When Trump was out of office, the border was going to be more open. They were lining up in December of 2020 to get uh, across as soon as Biden got sworn in. They are on video saying it. And the cartels and other people at the border know this. You know, the, the top four territories in Mexico, we call them states. They call them uh, or maybe provinces or territories, or maybe they call them states, whatever. They are run by drug cartels. There are beheaded, well... People, they chop people's heads off and put them on stakes and say, this is what will happen to you if you mess with the cartel. They have government officials. I mean, it's even more corrupt than the United States. You could be walking, you could be in a military unit in Mexico and the, the guy right next to you could be uh, a narc working for the cartels and he is bought he or she is bought off and paid or intimidated by the cartel to say okay my military unit is going to 
raid your drug operation and the drug dealers, the cartel is waiting there to ambush them. Same with the federales or whatever you want to call the Mexican police. Uh, It's so corrupt, so bought off. The politicians, uh, uh, it's just horrible. Uh, Anyhow, and this is what's going on at our southern border. This is what's coming across. Nobody minds if someone comes to a legal port of entry, goes through the legal process to become an American citizen. We don't care about that. We care about the 19 hijackers that came in through Canada. We care about the drugs and the uh, sex trafficking, child trafficking going on at the Mexican border. So, moving right along, Juicy Smollett, or Jussie Smollett, Smollett, uh, a couple years ago, three years ago, I had to get a DA that was willing to prosecute this guy because he was connected to the Obamas. But he's going to trial for creating a fake hate crime hoax. I know fake and hoax are redundant. But he called the police and said that guys in MAGA hats attacked him, threw bleach on him, and put a noose around his neck at 2 or 3 a.m. on a minus 15 or 30 degree night during a severe winter storm in Chicago. He said he got hungry, so he decided to walk to a Subway restaurant at 3 a.m. And these guys come out of nowhere to attack him. Well, the police said his story didn't add up. And then it turns out he wrote these two guys a check to beat him up and (laughs) stage this fake hate crime with him. Now, the first day or two, this was huge national news. Racism, racism, because Donald Trump's president. Guys in MAGA hats are trying to lynch a gay black actor in Chicago. No, he just lied to get more famous. The Daily Caller reports, quote, He wanted me to beat him up. Abim Bola Dario delivers explosive testimony in a day, in day three of the Jussie Smollett trial. And there's a picture of Jussie smiling, well, grinning, waving to a camera as he passes by. Abimbola Asun Dario admitted to helping Jesse Smollett with orchestrating the alleged fraudulent attack as he took the witness stand on day three of the trial. 
During day two of the Smollett trial, a pivotal text between Smollett and Abimbola had surfaced for the first time. According to Abimbola, the two brothers had planned to leave for Nigeria after the text message had been sent. In his testimony Wednesday, Abimbola, Abimbola explained he had allegedly met up with Smollett in Chin Space Studios. Abimbola said in Smollett then went for a drive while Smollett allegedly expressed disapproval of the way the studio had handled the offensive letter he'd received. Then he proceeded to tell me he wanted me to beat him up. So somebody sent Jesse Smollett or Jesse Smollett, Juicy Smollier, whatever, a letter saying bad things about him and he didn't like the way the studio handled it. So he staged a hate crime hoax. When this country is divided racially and politically, worse than it's ever been. You know, in the 50s and 60s, it was divided by cracker Democrats down south that didn't want black people to date their white daughters. Now it's racially and politically divided by a corrupt media, people like Jesse Smollett that stage these Fox hate crimes. I'm not saying all hate crimes are fake, but this one evidently was. Looks like the evidence is leaning that way. And I said media politicians and people like Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett. Dave Chappelle does a joke where he refers to him as Juicy Smollett, a French actor uh, who happens to be gay and black. Uh, so that's why I keep saying Juicy Smollett. Uh, anyhow. But this man had a country divided for a few days, saying, oh, my people in the media, people on Twitter... Instagram, Facebook, all the big woke liberal celebrities were, oh my gosh, they're bringing back lynchings. And lynchings were horrible. I'd like to kick their cracker asses for those dumb white Democrats down south murdering black people and some white people who were African-American sympathizers or whatever the racist cracker Democrats called them back in the day. Uh, but these guys, in the 50s and 60s, black people were discriminated against. 70s, it goes on and on. You'd never totally eliminate racism because there's no pill you can take. There's no drug you can buy. There is no vaccine for stupid. But then you got a guy like this and a media and politicians that want to blame right-wing radical Christian gun-clinging, Bible-thumping Trumpers like myself for being radical racist. Uh, 
And this guy, Jesse Smollett. Darn you, Dave Chappelle, for being so dang funny. This guy sets up a hoax, fake, a hoax, hate crime in the midst of all this political racial tension. He he created a false police report. That is a crime. People go to jail for that. Okay. Filing a false report with the police is a crime, and he needs to be punished for that. Being a stupid liar, unfortunately, well, fortunately, there's nothing, you can't make stupid illegal, can't make lying illegal. We do have to contain to our free speech. But lying to the police uh, in an official document, in an official capacity of a police report is different. All right. We're grab my attention. Oh yeah, the Supreme Court. Good gravy. They are hearing a an abortion excuse me. They are hearing arguments on an abortion case here and the thought is they may take a review of Roe versus Wade the landmark abortion case that led to the uh, read, led to abortion becoming legal in all 50 states. Now, the thing of this is, if the Supreme Court were to overturn Roe v. Wade, it would then be uh, a matter of the state's choices to keep abortion legal or make it illegal again. Uh, before Roe v. Wade, the states could decide this. So say if you lived in Ohio, where we have the heartbeat law, that once the baby has a heartbeat, there are steps required by an abortion clinic, by an abortion doctor, before the abortion can take place. Some of those steps are like letting the mother listen to the baby's heartbeat, showing the mother a... Um, ultrasound of the baby because after so many weeks the baby is almost fully formed except for its skeletal I, I'm not going to go into it because I'm not an expert but the baby is almost fully formed let's look at this article a majority of supreme this is from the hill by the way link in the description on rumble on Americana, the American Way channel. A majority of Supreme Court justices appeared poised to consider setting new limits on the right to abortion during oral arguments Wednesday over a Mississippi law that takes direct aim 
at the landmark 1973 decision in Roe v. Wade. Mississippi law, the Mississippi law at issue virtually bans all abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Conflicts with the nearly five-decade-old rule that states cannot prohibit abortion prior to when a fetus can live outside the womb, known as fetal viability, which occurs at 24 weeks. So this law... from Mississippi is at 15 weeks. Mississippi's argument is that at 15 weeks the baby has a heartbeat, it has lungs, it's basically living inside the mother. And some sicko, disgusting liberals are saying that, well, the baby is a parasite the entire time it's inside a woman's body and then they go on to define parasite well you know a parasite is something that lives off of another living uh, thing well that may be true but it's a baby for most of my life I've been told I'm not allowed an opinion and I let myself be pushed around to be told I'm not allowed to have an opinion because I'll never have a baby. Let me explain something to you that a preaching man explained to me. Uh, if a preacher is doing counseling in his office and a woman comes in and is threatening suicide, that preacher has to call the police. And the police have to call one, come and stop her from killing herself, if they can. Two, call an ambulance and have her taken to a psychiatrist or a psychiatric hospital. And it goes for men, too. And the state of Ohio, suicide is illegal. Or else how would the cops stop you from committing suicide if you're standing on the rail of a bridge getting ready to jump into the lake or the river, right? So, <clears throat> but sticking to this her body, her choice, a woman is not allowed to kill her own body. The police can't arrest you and take you to a mental hospital for threatening suicide if they believe you are adamantly willing to kill yourself. Number two, a woman, just like a man, cannot put heroin into her body or cocaine or crack or our new friend fentanyl, a multitude of drugs. She cannot ingest those drugs legally. So a woman cannot put drugs into her body even medication. A woman can't put an antibiotic in her body without a doctor's prescription for the antibiotic. So if it's her body, her choice, because it's living inside of her body, 
she still can't kill the baby because she can't kill herself she can't put drugs into herself why should she be allowed to kill something that's living within herself now I have these pinko commie democrats like this goober I used to work with Sergeant Sam with his three inch three coke bottle glasses used to tell me well what do you mean morals abortion I'm a Christian I'm <coughs> talking like that causes me to build phlegm up in my throat but Sergeant Sam at the Ezra Christian Drug and Rehab Rehabilitation Facility. Okay, I'm going to stop talking in that Sergeant Sam voice. It's killing me. Uh, but he said to me, well, what happens if, you know, they, this got, the girl's got 2.3 seconds to live, and the only way to save her life is by giving her abortion. Well, that never happens. That's what. That scenario does not play out. I had a good friend of mine who was pregnant. God bless her. She got chose to get an abortion because her baby was going to be born, stillborn, dead. The baby was basically dead inside of her. She had to make that horrible choice. And she... It was not a fun choice for her. Uh, she took many weeks off work. Uh, and then she had another. She had children before that. And she had one more after that. And she had an, as an adorable young daughter, baby girl. B beautiful. Beautiful people. Good friends of mine. But there are some women that are treating an emergency operation like an abortion like it's birth control I guess on this TikTok I don't I don't TikTok I'm not giving my facial recognition identity over to the chai cons if I can help it what there was a thread or Or a trend on TikTok, however, that whatever however TikTok works, of women videoing themselves in the abortion office, bragging, "Hey, my third abortion. Hey, it's my fifth. Hey, do the abortion jig." That's what this Supreme Court is looking at. Now we supposedly have the conservative constitutional Supreme Court that will uh, change this. John Roberts was supposed to be George W.'s conservative Supreme Court justice. Uh, Clarence Thomas, we know, has a spine of metal. Um, we'll see if Coney Barrett and uh, the other one Trump appointed are the same way. They said that uh, they didn't say specifically how they would rule on abortion because they can't say that in public. It's illegal for them to take a stance on an issue that they might later rule on.
even though Democrats, filthy Democrat liberals, tried to corner Amy Coney Barrett, who just made them look like imbeciles. Uh, so maybe it's time Roe versus Wade gets overturned and the right to uh, determine uh, when abortion can no longer uh, take place, can go back to the states. Of course, there has to be, you know, it, there could be cases where uh, an abortion is necessary to save a life of a woman if the baby is not alive in there. And it's going to cause the woman health problems and cause her to possibly die in like a miscarriage. Then, yeah, I mean, if the baby's stillborn or dead, then, you know, she can get that abortion. But these ones that are using it as birth control, you know, and it's time for men to man up and handle their business and you know if you get a girl pregnant put a ring on her finger and take care of your business you know maybe we should uh, you know not be out there humping like rabbits or monkeys and you know jumping everything in sight we're a lot more civilized supposedly than the animal kingdom where our brains are more developed we can make choices. And I know people are bringing up, well, what about rape and incest? Those are terrible, terrible things. But if you've been raped and you're 15 weeks into the pregnancy and you haven't noticed yet, I mean, you've decided to carry it that long. Why can't you carry it to, to term and put it up for adoption? You know? And, I, you know, I'm not going to get started on rape. I, I, don't, I don't believe anybody should be raped. But that's no excuse to have an abortion and, you know, commit, commit murder. Because somebody hurt you. So anyways. We'll end with that. I'll link these articles from The Hill, from The Daily Caller, and from Vice in the description on Rumble. Y'all have a good day. Pray for each other. Merry, Merry Christmas. A happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah to my Jewish friends. God bless y'all. Until next time.
different up the uh, well, red states. And they're making it more, more difficult to terminate the pregnancy early. Representing the Center for Reproductive Rights, Julie Rickman. Rickman, Rickman. Uh, her argument seems to be this, this would hurt a woman's socioeconomic status. Thank you. 
screeching uh so the the new variant before we get into the supreme court case and some interesting exchanges between attorneys and justices the the omnicron or om omnicrome variant <coughs> has made its way to the U.S. And we have to take a brief break here. The Omicron, whatever it is, variant uh, is supposedly had patient zero uh, in San Francisco. Uh, Who cares? Uh, From what everyone is seeing and saying, it's this this variant is milder so nature's taking its course and the corona covid-19 virus will be with us forever but just like the flu the cold pneumonia over time the viruses kind of either weaken or get stronger this one is getting weaker and we need to get people like Dr. Falsi off of television and not torturing puppies anymore and move to a point where we are looking at living with COVID, uh, SARS, what the hell is it? whatever, you know what I'm saying, COVID-19 and its variants. Um, You can have a life with a virus. You know, the the flu virus 
we live with today is a variant of an older flu virus, you know, but you have these idiots like this fellow named Jim Kramer on CNBC who is a maniac. I guess he gives financial advice, but he says that we need to, the government needs to mandate vaccines and send the military out to force the vaccine on people. Now, some other countries are putting uh, COVID positive people into concentration camps, not uh, concentration camp as in Nazi death camp. But a constant, maybe I should just do the whole podcast like this. <laughs> concentration camp, as in a camp with a concentration of people, okay? Let's differentiate. Um, <clears throat> I posted a picture on my Instagram. Uh, it's J underscore Mo underscore four underscore PRZ. Uh, of a European shopping center where there's a fence down the middle to separate uh, COVID positive, or pardon me, not, not even COVID positive, but vaccinated shoppers from unvaccinated shoppers. Really? Really? Thank God I'm an American. Uh, and it's basically been told to moving on from that. Nancy Pelosi has been told by her internal pollsters that a red wave 2022 or 20, yeah 2022. I was already ready to jump ahead to 2024. Red wave 2022 is inevitable. Uh, one marker of that or indicator of that is Kamala Harris's 28% approval rating, uh, I believe the lowest in vice presidential history. And her staff is making an exodus. They're heading for the exit doors quickly because they see the ship is sinking. Uh, rumors have it that Biden is somehow going to put Harris on the Supreme Court. God help us. Uh, she'll probably be replacing an already Democrat uh, justice if, if, if heck freezes over and she does get that appointment. Right now, the Supreme Court is not that old. Uh, the oldest member is Justice Clarence Thomas. He was appointed uh, in the early 90s by George H.W. Bush. And then after him, you have uh, the Clinton and uh, then a couple George W. appointees, a uh, couple of, uh, pardon me, a couple of uh, Obama employees. And then you have the three Trump appointees. So 
during this, during today's um, oral arguments at the Supreme Court in the Mississippi abortion case, uh, some interesting exchanges took place between justices and um, the attorneys arguing the cases. All right. Um, this is something interesting, but the, the case had to be filed by an individual. It's being sponsored by this Center for Reproductive Rights. Their lawyer is Julie Rickles, uh, or Julie Rickleman, not Julie Rickles like Don Rickles. I knew I was going to do that. Jul Attorney Julie Rickleman, I'm sure a nice lady. Uh, for the state of Mississippi, they're being represented by their solicitor, General Scott Stewart. Now, interesting fact that may be buried in history. I guess the, the center, these cases have to be filed by an individual. So the Center for Reproductive Rights found a woman who would file the grievance with the courts. That woman said, you know what, I've thought it through and I kind of want to be pregnant and I want to continue on with my pregnancy. So, they had to find somebody else. So, their first uh, representative backed out on them. Not looking, not a good look for the Center for Reproductive Rights, but here and uh, louder with Crowder may be the only places you hear that factoid. Uh, I want you to understand who is on the Supreme Court of the United States. They are, their job is to judge on the Constitution, the constitutionality of laws, and although they are appointed by partisan presidents, they are to be remain nonpartisan, but we label everybody with a political party. So uh, you have Chief Justice John Roberts, who was appointed by George W. Bush. You have Clarence Thomas, who was appointed by jo George Herbert Walker Bush, or Bush 41. Then you have Stephen Byer, who was appointed by Bill Clinton. Clinton only got one Supreme Court justice appointee in eight years. Thank heavens, seven elevens. Uh, then we go into George W. Bush, who appointed Justice uh, Alito. Then comes the Obama appointees, Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan, and then we come to old Trumpy baby, Trumpy baby, thank you. Trump, you have uh, Neil Gorsuch, 
Brett Kavanaugh and my favorite testimony of any Supreme Court justice since Clarence Thomas, Amy Coney Barrett. So, really here, constitutional judges, you've got justices, pardon me, you have John Roberts, the Chief Justice, who only votes in uh, the event of a tie. So you've got Clarence Thomas, conservative, Alito, conservative, Gorsuch, conservative, uh, Kavanaugh, constitutionalist, Coney Barrett, a constitutionalist. So that gives the Constitution five votes on the Supreme Court. Uh, and then if somebody, if it should end in a tie vote, John Roberts, a conser uh, conservative constitutional justice. Some people say he's not a conservative because he's ruled in different ways uh, than what Republicans would like him to. But anyways, Roberts breaks the tie if need be. So you have... Liberals, Sotomayor, Kagan, um, and Breyer, uh, Breyer, Breyer, I think that's how they were pronounced that, Breyer. So, thank God Trump got those three appointees. Get to that later on. Uh, Justice Sotomayor today had this... <clears throat> and I'm paraphrasing. Um, she said that you're telling women that are already poor, you can make them more poor and burden her more. And I'm, I just noted to myself, what the F? WTF? This is a Supreme Court Justice's opinion in favor of abortion that because a woman's financial status she should have over 15 weeks or as much time as she wants some democrats want it right up until uh birth and beyond but anyhow so justice sotomayor is saying that a woman's financial status could be a, a reason for an abortion, the right to have an abortion. Now, previously I had heard Democrats say, as my, I'm not going to do my Sergeant Sam impression again. Uh, I've heard Democrats say, you know, well, it's her body, her choice. Or what What if the woman has two seconds to live and the only way to save her life is an abortion, which never takes place. But now we've come to, well, somebody's financial status and they can decide if a, a, a not bringing another human into the world is going to be a burden on them. Of course, you know, there's always the simple argument that conservatives make put the baby up for adoption if that's the reason why you want an abortion. Uh, 
Justice Kavanaugh uh, asked of the um, state of Mississippi, you're not arguing that this court has the right to outlaw abortion and the uh, Solicitor General Scott Stewart of Mississippi said, no, it's up to the people because it's not in the Constitution. That's the crux of this biscuit. Should this be a, a matter decided by the Supreme Court or should this revert back to the states because it's not explicitly uh, given to the power to regulate abortion is not a Supreme Court's uh, job. Their job is to interpret law based on the Constitution. Furthermore, the Constitution says any power not granted to the federal government specifically in that document is then delegated to the states. More on that later. Um, Coney Barrett brought up safe haven laws, um, saying that women could place a child up for adoption. Uh, Rick, Julie Rickleman, representing the Center for Reproductive Rights, said that Well, one thing she did, she lied to the Supreme Court, which should be um, uh, egregious, but she lied to the court saying that Europe allows a longer amount of time after conception for a woman to decide if she wants an abortion. That's not true. European countries' standards are about where the United States' standard is, and that's this... Uh, point in time which a baby could live outside the mother's body which is becoming like I said earlier and earlier in the pregnancy because of modern medicine but uh, she answered just justice Barrett safe haven laws don't matter uh, the unique physical burden on a woman of pregnancy the ability to care for other children and other family members. So basically she just said abortion is birth control. If it's going to put too much of a strain on the woman's body, which all pregnancies put uh, above average strain on a woman's body compared to when she's not pregnant, now, I, if there's an emergency medical condition, that's different. We all understand that. And <coughs> conservatives want this to be a conversation the woman has with her personal doctor not walk down to the abortion clinic and have an abortion. But 
basically, the simple fact is uh, the Center for Reproductive Rights and Attorney Rickleman are arguing that abortion is and should be allowed as a form of birth control. And I'll tell you something that's going to upset a lot of my Christian and Republican conservative friends. I have nothing against the morning after pill. At that point, yes, sperm and egg may have united and created a unique DNA sequence creating life. But that unique DNA sequence does not feel pain. It certainly cannot live outside the woman's body. But <clears throat> the argument that, well, some women cannot afford contraceptives, uh, some women can't afford the morning after pill or a prophylactic, a condom, a rubber, a jimmy hat, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they can't afford birth control pills or the morning after pills. Then that was one of the arguments Justice Sotomayor or Kagan, I think it was Sotomayor brought that up. Um, also, this just, just uh, attorney Rickleman, she brought up that women had the right to an abortion from the founding of the United States until late into the 1800s. Well, that's because at that time period, although there were people having sex outside of marriage, we're not infantile here or naive. But it was thought of, if you get pregnant, you stayed pregnant, that was God's will. And most pregnancies were between a husband and a wife. Um, Rickleman also brought up that birth in, is 75, per, 75 times more risky in Mississippi especially among women of color, so they had to bring race into this, uh, that birth or pregnancy is 75 times more risky in Mississippi than any other state. I don't know where she got that statistic, so we have to assume it's right. Um, uh, there's an undue burden standard that Attorney Rickleman kept bringing up, saying that if bringing a child into the world will place an undue burden on the woman, it's generally thought she has the right to terminate pregnancy earlier. <clears throat> Justice Sotomayor also had an interesting exchange. Uh, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. But the state of Mississippi argued that a, a baby at an early age can feel pain inside the mother's womb uh, prior to the point of viability outside of the mother's body. Justice Sotomayor said that people who are in comas or brain dead can have reactions and movements when uh, they're poked in the foot 
like a lot of times you see the doctors on TV. Well, let's see if this guy's, you know, coming out of his coma. Let's poke the bottom of his feet and see if his toes wiggle. Justice Sotomayor argued back at the state of Mississippi that people who are brain dead with no uh, electrical brain activity can move their toes when poked in the foot, They're, but we don't know if they're feeling pain or not. But you know, you do know when they've studied whether or not babies can feel pain inside the mother's body, we do know that those babies have brain function and brain activity at that point. And especially in these horrific third-term abortions, there have been times when babies have been born crying. That could be an emotional cry. It could be a natural cry of some kind. But it doesn't mean... Uh, what the hell... All I can say is Justice Sotomayor was appointed by Barack Obama. What else do I got to say? <laughs> uh, Justice Thomas, who, this dude's just cool. He was on um, he's just a cool cat, man. I gotta meet this dude someday. Uh, he <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to go into that. I got to get through this. Um, he brought up a point that if we're looking at, or he said, if we're talking about the Second Amendment or the Fourth Amendment, there's something there we can see. What specific right are we talking about here? And Attorney Rickleman's response to that was the 14th Amendment's right to liberty clause. And then she went on to say, and we believe that that stands, that liberty clause in the 14th Amendment uh, pertains to autonomy, equality, and integ uh, integrity. So taking away a woman's liberty to have an abortion would take away her bodily autonomy, her equality, and her personal integrity. Uh, again, this is, this is a strange argument, and the, the case is supposed to be this 15-week standard that the state of Mississippi put down uh, because that is prior to the old standard of viability outside the body. Um, so anyhow, so Clarence Thomas followed up here and said, so we are talking about the right to an abortion. Uh, prior to that question by Thomas, Attorney Rickleman, said, you know, we're talking about the state forcing a woman to carry a pregnancy to term. Uh, 
And then to answer Judge Thomas's, Justice Thomas's, uh, so we're talking about the right to an abortion. Ju Attorney Rickleman said the right prior to viability to end a pregnancy. Yes. So this is all about the right to an abortion for whether it's financial matters, personal reasons, uh, just not wanting to raise another human, uh, changing your mind about getting pregnant. Um, it's been said that the Democrats always bring up rape and incest, but why is it because the woman was raped? Why does that give her the right to kill somebody else that's living inside her? A rape is a horrible thing. A man, woman that rapes another human should be punished severely. No bones about that. No bones about it. Rape is horrible and it needs to have a swift and severe punishment. But why does that give you the right to kill somebody else just because something bad was done to you? I don't understand that. Uh, just, you know, to wrap this up, you know, thank God that George H.W. Bush and Justice Clarence Thomas stood their ground against Democrats who did not want Justice Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court, particularly Joseph Biden. Um. <clears throat> Joseph R. Biden. I don't know what what's the R stand for? Ralphus? Rapunzel? I don't know. Anyhow. But Democrats did not want Justice Thomas there. And then, of course, when I was coming up, there was a group of 12 senators who played the political game between George W. Bush and the Democrats. They were called the Gang of Twelve. My friend Mike DeWine was one of them. Thank goodness for the Gang of Twelve. They got us two conservative Supreme Court justices, including the Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Alito, who has been a solid backbone of conservatism and constitutionalism on that Supreme Court. See, the Gang of Twelve was playing a game, playing 4D chess before Trump was playing 4D chess. And they were hold out that we don't want a justice on her who's too conservative. We're the moderate Republicans. And they lured the Democrats in to putting Roberts and Alito on that court. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. So easy to fool dummy crats. It just is. 
Then, of course, we have the blessed Donald Trump, who got justices Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett on the court. Uh, Gorsuch is on there because the Republicans in the Senate refused to uh, hear the appointment go through the uh, approval proceedings for uh, the guy who is now the most liberal attorney general we've ever had, Merrick Garland. So this vote is going to come down to Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett saying uh, that this law needs to be a matter held to the states and you'll have uh, uh, Bayer, Sotomayor and Kagan saying that you know we have to uphold Roe v. Wade and that this law is unconstitutional based on the Roe v. Wade decision by a previous Supreme Court. So, of course you've had Democrat lawmakers threaten the Supreme Court, which is illegal. The Constitution sets up three separate but equal branches of government. And the legislature has no right or rule over the Supreme Court. Neither does the president. But uh, one congresswoman has said there will be consequences if Roe versus Wade is overturned and this Mississippi law is upheld. <clears throat> you have your finite wisdom of celebrities that have to weigh in on this like this Joy Reed I don't even know why she's famous but she's on PMSNBC and she had to say of this that Justice Neil Gorsuch, I think I called him something else earlier. I think I might have called him Stephen Gorsuch, but oh well. Justice Gorsuch uh, sits on a seat stolen by Republicans following the death of the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And if you dig, 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 you can find Ruth Bader Ginsburg was not a straight up uh, pro-abortion justice and she was not a straight up Roe v. Wade favorable justice if you listen to what the woman actually said I don't know how she would stand on abortion I don't know how she would stand on Roe v. Wade or something like that but anyways uh, back to what this uh, does PMSNBC just hire anybody and call them a, an analyst or a commentator? Well, anyhow, Joy Reid uh, said to her poor audience that watches this person 
This is important for you to understand, Reed told her terribly abused viewers. The Supreme Court has never agreed to hear a case over an abortion ban so early in pregnancy until all three Trump appointees. Now, it's the Chief Justice who decides, really, what cases they're going to hear. Uh, the others have a vote in it, but he brings it to them. Anyhow, Justice Neil Gorsuch, who sits, who's, uh, who seats in a seat stolen by Republicans after the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Barrett were on board. So how was the seat stolen from stolen? I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on that court much too long. God bless the woman, rest her soul, but she stayed there to a point where she had missed many oral arguments, many days of work, let's put it that way. And she had been sick. Bless her heart, she she beat cancer a couple times. And I think the dear sweet lady was trying to hold out and stay on that court because it's a lifetime appointment. And I think she was trying to stay there till somebody other than Trump could uh, appoint her replacement but frankly she should have retired a long time ago because of health reasons uh, and, and such and missing so many dates but here's the thing how did Gorsuch, the Republicans steal her seat for Gorsuch uh, Gorsuch and Ruth Bader Ginsburg were on the Supreme Court at the same time. Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away uh, in 2020, I think. Yeah, she died in 2020, right towards the end of the Trump presidency. And Gorsuch was appointed and confirmed in 2017. So here you have PMSNBC, a minor news outlet in the scheme of things, uh, listening to, and her, their viewers, all four or five of them, listening to this Joy Reid person tell lies and inaccuracies, and they're going to go around and tell their friends, well, this is a seat that the Republicans stole from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But what this broils down to is any power that the Constitution does not relegate specifically to the federal government is relegated to the states. So if this law is upheld, and if this Supreme Court reverses Roe v. Wade, you would have the states deciding whether or not a woman can use abortion as a form of birth control. So there you have it.
my deep analysis, some uh, back and forth exchanges. I was nerding out today listening to the oral arguments. They don't have cameras in federal courtrooms, but you could listen to the arguments and they were very interesting for a geek like me. So anyhow, God bless y'all. This is Americana, the American way. I'm Big John. Till next time, pray for each other. God bless y'all. Have a great day, week. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa.